By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 Podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast. This is episode 84, hour number one on our new day, Tuesday mornings. Hour number two will come out tomorrow and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. But on this show, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy and we're going to get right into that uh, on this program. There's one way we certainly get things started around here that is a bit more unique than maybe other shows you've watched and that's by finding out just... What's your groove? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? I'm gonna grab you by the boo boo, don't it? Quite better, great. Well, I'm gonna play. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So when I say what's your groove, I want to know that uh, while you're watching or listening to this, I want to know if you're grooving to anything cannabis-wise. Maybe you've got a joint, a bong, some nice CBD, maybe you have an edible or a drink. Well, there's the uh, old... uh, uh, supernova volcano hybrid that uh, went off and that means it's time uh, for me to fire it up get an old bag going um, what I'm grooving with is uh, some original stash sativa I bought it by the ounce at uh, the uh, local plant life location in uh, St. Albert here they had uh, it was a very affordable ounce just over a hundred dollars so uh that is one of the things that I was really excited about um, you know, probably a year or a bit ago when we started seeing these ounces coming out at affordable prices because people obviously, if they if they really like something, and um, I, I do enjoy this, I've, I, I've had uh, uh, some of their ounces before in the uh, Indica and the Hybrid, um, it's worth it. And there's going to be more cultivars that you will see and more LPs coming out with more recognizable ounces as well. Uh, It's just a matter of time. We're seeing great sizes out there. Sevens, fourteens, fifteens. It's really good. So let me get my groove on. And we can uh, get on with the rest of the show. I'll just, just, just one more once it hits your lips. Put that away for later. And yeah, we can uh, 
Fire everything up and uh, have a really good show. Here's what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. David Wiley from the OZ uh, joins us as usual. Malka LaBelle will be by for the business of cannabis. She is from the Green Generation Co. We will have our cannabis question. We'll have our cannabis character. And we'll tell you about the weed words of the day. We will also let you know what the Weed Weekly is and what we have going on every week comes right into your inbox. But let's get started with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. All right, the cannabis question. If you're watching, you can see it on the screen. If you're listening and you'd like to uh, watch what we have going on and see what it's like out here in the marsh, uh, you can head to our YouTube channel, the Cannabis 101 Podcast. What is your go-to stoner movie? What is your favorite? You had to pick one. Uh, You want to get into a good mood, anything like that. What is your go-to? Just for answering, just for chiming in, you can win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. There are the ways to get in touch with us on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101, on Facebook, the Cannabis 101 podcast, the Cannabis 101 podcast on Instagram, and you can also email us, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. What is your go-to stoner movie? I'm... I'm I'm an old school up and smoke guy uh, all the way. Uh, that is, you know, my number one. Uh, after that, anything with Seth Rogen. Uh, it's a, she, she gets high in almost every movie. So I uh, quite enjoy it. So what is your go-to stoner movie? I would love to hear from you uh, out there in the uh, cannabis world. And we're going to hear from David Wiley in just a second from the OZ as well as Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. Great supporters, great partners, uh, helping me bring you the great news and all the latest Bud Biz Buzz. And, of course, we have the fine folks at Stonesmiths as well. Check them out, stonesmiths.ca. They have the slash, which you can see right here over my shoulder um i've been digging into this uh the last little bit so it's not as clean um because i had some uh, earlier but the built-in loader is awesome uh they've got a new chamber coming it's gonna heat things up even faster it's gonna give you even bigger clouds Uh, i like dealing with these guys because they're a great local edmonton company and everything is about local right now and for me uh, that is partnering up uh, with people uh, that are certainly uh, local to me. So check them out at stonesmiths.ca and uh, watch for the new chamber on the way. And by the way, their battery, if you didn't know, is built for Edmonton winters. So this has definitely been a cold winter and this battery has stood up perfectly to the minus 50 temperatures. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. 
Always great to chat with my good friend David Wiley from the OZ. You can see the wonderful, beautiful-looking website on the screen right now. And if you're listening to us, it's OkanaganZ.com and follow on Twitter at Okanagan Z as I uh, bring in uh, Mr. Wiley. How are things in the Valley today, David? Hello, things are good. Not quite as green and beautiful as, uh, as the OZ website would show, <laughs> but uh, that's certainly coming. How are things out in uh, always lovely Alberta? Yeah, snowy and white. Uh, it is, uh, there, there's a few rabbit tracks, so that's good. When it was minus 50, we weren't seeing a lot of rabbit tracks out the window. So, you know, at least <laughs> minus 13, the rabbits can handle that. So, But I know spring is on the way. And um, on, on Sunday night, we were, uh, you know, breathlessly waiting and wondering about uh, one of the guys that I think we both look up to in the cannabis space, and that's Seth Rogen. He teased something on Sunday and unveiled it on Monday. He did. Seth Rogen, Vancouver actor, is launching Houseplant uh, in the U.S., California specifically. So that'll bring his Canadian-born weed brand across the border. Uh, Seth made the announcement Monday to his 9.1 million followers on Twitter. And his video just showed him looking so excited and so happy to be hitting this milestone uh, he said that this is honestly his life's work and he's never been more excited about anything. Uh, I love that he said if you know anything about him at all that he's going to assume it's that he really loves weed. And uh, now he says he's planning on bringing the best uh, strains of weed that uh, have been handpicked. By that he means hand-smoked by him to the U.S. market. So the indica and sativa strains are going to come in these orange and purple tins. Um, they look up fairly reminiscent to what we're seeing here in Canada. And he's launching it in a similar way as to how Houseplan was launched in Canada with uh, sort of the old school throwback of, uh, of larger boxes that look like um, VCR cassette tape boxes for anyone who remembers those. And is also launching a uh, vinyl soundtrack for the strains. Uh, one of the strains that he's going to be launching in the U.S. is a 33% THC pancake ice sativa. Uh, mm. That's not something that we've seen here in Canada. We've seen ChemDog uh, as a sativa, which is, uh, you know, really good. I, I had some trouble with the houseplant uh, weed early on. I thought that uh, it wasn't quite up to snuff. It has been getting better. Um, one of the interesting things about this announcement is it doesn't he doesn't mention canopy um but i i would imagine that canopy is going to be doing the growing um i don't know how all of this is going to work from a regulatory standpoint we haven't really been able to see canadian cannabis companies move into the u.s market in any way uh canopy of course does have connections but it seems that the announce the details of the announcement uh, anyway aren't uh, quite as clear um, typical of the weird mazes of red tape that cannabis companies have had to navigate is that the houseplant brand now has three different social media accounts. It's got houseplant Canada, houseplant US, and then houseplant for the line of accessories that Seth has also announced. And he showed off this uh, tabletop lighter, which is really cool. The top of it's an ashtray. Um, and I I'm hoping that we're going to see some Seth Rogen designed types of uh, of ashtrays and maybe other types of accessories because we see him on Instagram um, showing off the cool things that he's made. So, um, you know, awesome to see what he's doing and wishing him the best of luck with this uh, new launch of his products. 
Yeah, I love how he says, uh, I lose my bleeping lighters all the time, but this one is really hard to lose. It reminds me of my my good buddy, uh, the underground wizard, we called him growing up. He would like have the heaviest keychain ever uh, because he didn't want to lose his car keys. And they probably wrecked his steering column, but that's another story. I, I love the uh, the homemade stuff that, that Seth shows off. And, uh, you know, I've actually, I said to my wife, I said, I want to go to the, you know, this pottery place that we know and try to make one of those ashtrays that you can set the joint on because he's kind of inspired me, and, and I love it. I am very interested, like you, to see how this all works, and, uh, you know, they're, they're forging ahead with this, but it's it's beautiful. And for, for a guy to, you know, to, to have so much success on screen as Seth Rogen has had and to refer to this as his dream, it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. He's had so much success, and it's neat to see a Canadian forging the way uh, also in the U.S. for cannabis. Um, I mean, come on, we're we're the world trailblazers here. So uh, it's great to see us continue to be involved even across borders. Yeah, if only we can get Ryan Reynolds starting to uh, pump out the weed, we would have uh, the uh, <laughs> American uh, entertainment market with cannabis covered. All right, uh, speaking of cannabis, um, you know, there's a ton of different names that people kind of give you know, there was uh, 1.0, 2.0. I call it seasons because I come from a sports uh, background. Uh, so season one, season two. So now we're into season three or cannabis 3.0. And and you at the, the OZ had a really interesting conversation with, with a company that, you know, we talk about uh, forging ahead in the industry. This is a company that has really been continually forging ahead. And uh, some interesting thoughts on cannabis 3.0 and, and CBD in particular. Yeah, the Valance Company, actually based here in the Kelowna area. I uh, had a chance to speak to Chantel Popoff, who's the chief operating officer at that company. Um, and they're one of the biggest cannabis 2.0 producers in the world. They have a huge footprint in the new stuff that's coming out. Uh, I've, I've heard the phrase cannabis 3.0 thrown around a few times and, you know, wasn't really sure what that meant. So I asked Chantel uh, for her take and she says, Essentially, 3.0 products are focusing on bringing the benefits of cannabis derivatives into more mainstream health products, basically stuff that's already available in your home. So a good example of that would be a THC or CBD infused bath bomb uh, or THC infused lip balm, honey, uh, topical cream. So those sort of things that you would use in your house every day. And the idea is that as uh, cannabis products continue to get more and more advanced, we're going to start to see some of the things that are really staples in our home uh, start to contain things like cannabis. And, you know, on that front, I tend to ask most of the executives that I talk to in different cannabis companies what one change Health Canada could make to current regulations that would most benefit the industry. And uh, Chantel offered two, actually. She said that one of those things would be to increase the THC limit per pack from the 10 milligrams that's currently allowed to 100 milligrams per pack, um, commonly found in the US market. She says that would be a win-win, not only for companies that are producing these types of products, uh, but also for consumers, because having uh, having that kind of uh, an increase would actually drive the price down and the margins up, so both benefit. It would allow for more units and more serving sizes per pack, and, you know, getting back to a little bit of the, the 3.0 cannabis products, she said that the second uh, change that they would like to see Health Canada make is the, the continued growth and deregulation of CBD. 
She says in the United States, CBD infused health and beauty products are available almost everywhere and they're just over the counter items. Uh, and the more she says that we can make CBD a mainstream ingredient, the more the consumers are going to benefit and the market's going to benefit. And it also provides an additional category for, uh, you know, wellness companies to play in. So when we look at those types of 3.0 products that would um, you quite possibly take the place of other products that are commonly found in our homes, increasing the, the amount of CBD allowable and decreasing all that red tape surrounding them would really go a long way in making those type, types of products more available to the everyday consumer. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, you know, I, I, I relate this story often uh, that it was told to me from Ian Scott, who's the operations manager for Plant Life Cannabis, that they were walking down a mall in Vegas and there was a CBD kiosk, basically right next to the sunglass hut or whatever else, uh, get your phone cover. Like you could get your sunglasses, you get your phone covered, pick up some CBD, some jeans, and then you're out. Like it's just, it's accessible, like you said, everywhere. And and as for the, the 3.0 products that she was talking about, I love them. I, I've I've tried to, the bath bombs uh, from uh, Stewart Farms uh, and the uh, the bath salts and, and I really enjoy them. You know, I didn't get out of it thinking, uh, oh my God, I'm so high but high is different to a lot of people a relaxation can be a high and you know I often combine my uh, baths with a joint so I did get high anyway as a Lebowski bath but I, I really do enjoy these 3.0 products that will you know contain uh, different things that uh, your, your body could absorb particularly CBD and stuff so I'm with them I'm looking forward to it and um, it's it's amazing that uh, you know at some point the these whether it's CBD or even THC infused products are going to just be our everyday things that we have in our homes as you said. I love to see what's happening in this industry. Things are evolving and changing so quickly and that's just going to continue. Indeed. All right, uh, this uh, next story unfortunately is uh, just an absolute awful story, but it does uh, reinforce why you should stick to the legal market when you are buying your cannabis products. Yeah, my goodness. A woman in her 20s died last week after using an illicit cannabis product that was laced with fentanyl. Um, you know, the province of Prince Edward Island had issued a warning about the presence of fentanyl um, in some kind of product. They don't say what it is following a coroner's report uh, on the death. They basically say that anyone that's consuming cannabis should ensure that it comes from a safe source. A PEI's chief public health officer, Dr. Heather Morrison, said that uh, this product was mixed with fentanyl, methamphetamine, and W18, which is a synthetic drug to deadly effect. They didn't specify exactly what kind of product it was, though they did specifically caution people to stay away from any drug in pill or powdered form. Um, for those who don't know what fentanyl is, it's a powerful opioid. It's 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine. And this W18 drug that they mentioned too is similar to carfentanil and is reported to be as much as 10,000 times more powerful than morphine. Now, these, uh, these drugs have caused an overdose crisis across Canada, and it's hit places like Vancouver and other parts of BC particularly hard. Um, we've seen uh, deaths also increase even as we've been going through this COVID-19 crisis, and uh, it's just terrible. So, you know, this is, this is a warning to heed. Be safe out there and make sure that you're getting your cannabis from a trusted source.
Indeed. Uh, and just, you know, awful news uh, for that family or anybody's family who unfortunately has you know been, been affected by the opiate crisis. And, and sometimes the, that, that opiate addiction starts from a physician handing out those, those opiates. And so it's just an awful, awful thing all around. But it does underscore. And, you know, we saw this during that vape crisis uh, that was happening, you know, it seems like 10 years ago now uh, with the last <laughs> year that we've had. But, you know, we've talked about that often, David, that, you know, the, the legal vapes that you can buy now how, we haven't seen any of that, uh, you know, the the whatever the popcorn lung or whatever they were calling it that was taking people's lives, uh, particularly in the United States, from black market when people were cutting it. This is no different. They're cutting these l- black market drugs with terrible things. Um, I, I don't know the reason why you're killing off your customer. It makes zero sense to me. But, you know, whether it was the vape situation or anything like this, uh, know where you're getting it from. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the legal side, you know, we have consumer protections that are built into place. The people that are uh, supplying, creating these products, you know, they put their licenses and their investments on the line. So it's in uh, it's in their best interest to ensure that the the products, the cannabis products that we're getting into our hands through a regulated source are safe. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, this topic is quite timely because last weekend I had an insurance guest on the program and, you know, I I was blown away by some of the things that can and can't affect you. You know, you hear all the time and and the Manitoba government uses it as an excuse to not let people grow that your insurance is going to be affected. Well, not if you're just growing your four plants, it's not. So there's a lot of misinformation out there, I think, um, when it comes to insurance and maybe just a lot of not there's not a lot out there as you know as my guest fatty was telling me that they were their group was one of the first to dive into it because a lot of people were shying away from it but there are a lot of things to know about when it comes to insurance and cannabis protecting yourself if you're in the industry and you know whether or not it affects your home insurance well this this was really interesting it was a story in a canadian insurance underwriters uh, publication and gone into a little bit of what uh, Canadian, the Canadian insurance industry is uh, getting as far as a sense of the type of claims that are coming from legalization. And this is pretty interesting. There are two types that seem to be the most prevalent, uh, property and casualty insurance, which is also known as P&C insurance. And those are types of coverage that would help to protect you and the property that you own. And the other type of insurance that's seen an uptick since legalization is directors and officers liability insurance. That's called DNO. So that protects directors and officers from personal financial loss that may result Hmm. from allegations and lawsuits of wrongful acts or mismanagement. So uh, those are the two types that people are really purchasing in the industry uh, and that where claims are coming in. Now, two and a half years into legalization, insurers are seeing property damage claims, uh, the directors and officers liability claims, product recalls, uh, boiler and machinery type losses. Uh, Kelly Hunt, who's vice president of underwriting with Next Wave Insurance Canada, she told the Canadian underwriter that uh, fires are actually a major concern with uh, Canadian LPs. And that's mainly been due to a lot of lighting issues, predominantly from light bulbs and growing facilities. Uh, there's also been windstorm losses and break and enter. So those old good old act of God kinds of claims mm-hmm. uh, on the product liability front. They're seeing things like class action lawsuits. So one that was filed 
uh, alleging the percentage of THC was misrepresented on bottles by a few licensed producers. Um, and again, as for corporate wrongdoing, Oren Shmuel, just love that last name, uh, who's with HDI Global Specialty SE in Canada, says that with the amount of money that's coming into the sector, it's encouraged investors to make quick decisions that have had the potential for a bad investment. So a few people who have uh, put money into this, um, you know, very volatile at times industry and seen losses, um, you know, aren't necessarily averse to filing a lawsuit against those who have been running these companies. I found this uh, kind of uh, little piece interesting as well because it kind of dovetails on what we talked about last week as far as uh, roadside testing and things like that because they say generally speaking auto claims have amounted to nothing. Drinking and driving and smoking marijuana and driving are two very different things with different effects on people, she added. Uh, the industry hasn't seen an uptick in auto claims. Also, they don't really have a test to prove it. I don't know if they have the proper test to catch these people, but I don't know if they're causing a problem anyway, which is a really good way of walking the line of, not, you know, saying it's, it's, she's not saying it's not happening, but she's not saying it's happening a lot. She's basically saying what we have been talking about quite often and the fact that how do you reliably prove that somebody is in this situation? So that was one thing that I definitely found interesting as it kind of spoke to what we've said in the past. Isn't it amazing how the facts and the fears don't always line up? And one of the things that people were talking about, especially those who are in uh, um, you know policing type positions were warning that we were going to see, oh, this massive increase in car crashes due to, um, you know, high drivers. We just haven't seen it. And uh, one of the one of the wonderful, many wonderful aspects, I would argue, of legalization is that we're able to see what is true and what is stigma. And a lot of the stigmas have been very, very untrue. Indeed. Uh, Reefer Madness 2.0 has not taken place uh, in Canada, much to the chagrin and uh, some of the predictions that, that people made, and uh, much to the delight of people like us. Uh, David, thanks so much, as always, for joining me. There on the screen is the beautiful website. It will be green very soon. I know that. And very soon, I know some magazines are on my way my, to, to myself, uh, and I'm really, really excited about getting those and distributing them. Um, just, uh, you know, people can find the, uh, the digital copy right now on the website, correct? Yeah, they sure can. And uh, those magazines are definitely on their way over to you. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Um, always glad to to have you as part of what we're doing here, man. You're you're a talented guy and uh, and I love what you're doing. Well, it's a lot of fun to be able to put my thoughts on paper. I can't wait to spread those magazines out in this area. And we will chat next week, my friend. Sounds good.
outstanding stuff from the artist My Dead Dog. That is the Weed Song. And we love the uh, tunes that he has put together for us here on the program. And great chatting with uh, David Wiley about Seth Rogen. We're going to have more on Seth Rogen in just a little bit. But uh, I want to tell you about the Cannabis and Hemp Expo uh, has been unfortunately postponed again. So this is going to be happening at some point. Uh, Let's just say that because they've tried to reschedule a couple of times. We'll be there when it happens. We'll be on location broadcasting episodes. So I'd love to chat with you if you'd like to come down and indeed say hello. You can find more information at CannabisHempExpo.com, but we will be there and we will have tickets uh, to give away uh, when you uh, want to go to the show. So keep it locked on this show and we will get you some tickets to the Cannabis and Hemp Expo. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. So the cannabis character uh, that I'm going with today, well, I just felt because we had such a good conversation uh, with David Wiley in uh, This Week in Cannabis News about Seth Rogen, we had to feature one of his uh, characters. And there's so many good ones. Uh, There are so many good uh, Seth Rogen characters out there. um, And he gets high in almost every movie. So you can pick almost any one of them. Uh, Okay, so the character we're going with today is Ben Stone. And uh, this is uh, from the movie Knocked Up. Uh, And I thought uh, this, like this, this whole, um, the entourage that he has uh, with Jonah Hill and uh, Jason Segal and all these guys that uh, are are part of this, uh, this group that they live in this house and they just get baked all the time. Like, at some point, all of us wanted to do that. Just hang around with our buddies and get high all the time. I, I did that in, like, the uh, the mid-90s, 1996, last season of the Winnipeg Jets. Lived in Winnipeg with my buddies and just smoked a bunch of brain cells away. And then I went into broadcasting college. And, you know, I lessened my uh, cannabis use a little bit. But that was it. Like, we, we sat and we just had a blast with our buddies. So th- everybody kind of... I think would probably want to kind of live this dream a little bit that uh, Seth uh, Rogen or Ben Stone and his uh, buddies uh, got to do. And there's just some absolute classic scenes, uh, especially the one with the gas mask. Uh, You you heard a little bit of in our intro, actually, uh, to this segment. So without further ado, I give you Ben Stone, played by Seth Rogen in the movie Knocked Up as our cannabis character today. I love weed. I smoke weed every second of every day. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> 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 hey, Benjamin. You know the best thing for hangovers is weed. Do you smoke? Do you smoke weed? Not really. You don't? No. At all? Mm-mm. Like in the morning? No, I just don't. You know, it, it's like, it is like the best medicine. 
Because it fixes everything. Jonah broke his elbow once. He just got high and still clicks, but I mean, he's okay. Right. Yeah. Last night was great. There we go. Uh, just, <laughs> I love that last night was great. I don't want to spoil too much of the movie for you if uh, if you haven't seen it. But uh, Catherine Heigl uh, was uh, the the woman he was talking to in that scene, and uh, she's the other main star in it. But you know, Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd are awesome. I mentioned uh, Jason Segel, Jay Baruchel, uh, Martin Starr. I, I I'm a big fan of Martin Starr. Uh, Kristen Wiig has a great part, and Harold Ramis, like Harold Ramis as Seth Rogen's dad in this movie is uh is pretty outstanding so uh because we honored seth rogan and his uh houseplant going into california i thought it was only fitting that we honor seth rogan as our cannabis character today uh where he played ben stone in the movie knocked up Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. I just quickly want to remind you that Stone Smiths has something new coming in April, the team is hard at work now. Can't wait for spring for many reasons, but to see what else they have going on. They already have the slash, four seconds to heat up, and then you fire away. It's got three temperature settings and an auto fire mode. For more details, check them out online, stonesmiths.ca. is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast bringing you the latest bud biz buzz Uh, welcoming in Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. You can find it online at www.greengencompany.com and find out how Melka can help you. Hello, Melka. How are you? Hi, Dean. How are you? I'm doing well. I am good. I'm looking at uh, a lot of snow, but that just means that March is going to go out like a lamb, I think, uh, as they say. But that's okay. I don't mind seeing the rabbit tracks. It's better than when it was minus 50 and there was no tracks, so we can't complain uh, too much. And we, we know that uh, with April comes spring eventually, so we're we're just about out of this, right? It's coming. It's it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you and I are in this industry and we know kind of, well, I, I certainly don't know as much as uh, I think uh, what you, you have uh, for knowledge of this industry. I interview a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, but there are a lot of people out there that are very confused by just the word cannabis. I mean, I had an insurance guest last on last week who was denied a space because they were going to be cannabis insurance which is the farthest thing from the actual plant that there can be. So I think what oh. you're talking about today is so perfect in trying to explain cannabis to people, uh, you almost like we have to dumb it down uh, for some people. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I actually, I, I heard, I was listening to his episode and I was like cringing in, in like common denominator. Like I fully understood exactly what he was talking about. Um, so, you know, the concept is, 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 is that cannabis has not really been well-defined anywhere. Um, and as I, I know that because I'm literally in the group that's responsible for defining it at an international level, and they're not even close to being done yet. So um, I, I have that perspective, which is rare. You know, there aren't that many people in that group at the ISO level. But what that means is that, you know, I was trying to figure, figure out, like, how do you explain this very complex uh, plant to people that just don't get it? And it really comes down to a couple of key points. It's, it's you know, I, I, we, I use, this, we use this, this expression a lot in businesses, especially when you're in investment, is keep it simple. Like, explain it to, like, a five-year-old. Can you explain this to me like I'm five? Like, not in a condescending way, but as in use, like, common terms and simple wording. And, and that's really what this is all about is, is, you know, there's been quite a bit of back and forth on, on LinkedIn and like what, you know, how are things, how do you explain this plant that has literally thousands of active molecules? And that was a new thing for me to learn. That was actually one of a recent understanding that I had was that the cannabis plant has thousands of active root of why it was really needed in the first place and there's been a lot of people that talk about you know it's, it's it's racist and all these things which is very much true I'm not disputing that but it doesn't explain like why it was you know essentially and why it's still prohibited in countries where minority or other races are the predominant population um that just you know that's sort of like the easy American answer well it has to do with Black Lives Matter or something so I'm trying to use these this example as in you know, it's not because it was racist that was the reason why it was prohibitive. It was the reason why people didn't understand the plant because it was so complex. And that's why it was sort of, let's put it into, we don't understand it. So we're just going to make it bad bucket. So that's where this came from is that there was a bunch of commentary around the origins of the, you know, why cannabis is, you know, prohibited, et cetera, on LinkedIn. And this uh, uh, simpli simplistic example was, that I was using for comparison is is like the tooth fairy example. So the tooth fairy is a story that we tell children um, be, to the, like a, some of like a positive story as in like, you know, you're going to lose your teeth, which if you think about it, losing your teeth at five years old is a very traumatic concept. Like these things are going to fall out of your face and be bleeding and it's going to hurt. So in order to prevent the children from freaking out or being having a massive anxiety panic attack out of this, Society has invented the tooth fairy as a very reasonable explanation, not only to explain a very complex and, you know, anatomic, an, 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 something happens to every body, but that children just don't get yet. And that now let's wrap, wrap it around the story that involves an incentive program for the kids to comply with the tooth fairy's activities, as well as with the household responsibilities like the chores or brushing your teeth, which will, all of those things wrapped together is like the tooth fairy, the tooth fairy lie, I guess you can call it. So I, the people that were having this commentary around like the racist parts about cannabis were saying, well, like, you know, we all know the truth, tooth fairy isn't true. And, I, and I'm like recognizing the person that wrote this doesn't have children. So I'm like, actually, the tooth fairy lie, kind of like the Santa Claus story, 
has some very specific and important uses in the development of children and in 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 helping children understand like the rules and the the structure in the society in which they live. So the tooth fairy example is you know your tooth you, know, you get the story told when you're really little, usually from other kids. It's sort of like this passed down like you know story, <laughs> and the parents like know that everybody knows the story. And essentially the parents create the rules around which it exists. So, you know, like my daughter, she had to write the letter or like dictate the letter as to what were her wants from the tooth fairy if she gave the tooth fairy her tooth under the pillow. And so in our house, our daughter was practicing her penmanship and her creative things. And we essentially, she wrote a letter saying she wanted $10 for her tooth, which is totally off the radar for, for you know, pricing a tooth. But the point was, is it got her to constructively put together an ask and then we had we had the ability as parents to enforce like well if you don't brush your teeth the tooth fairy's not going to want that tooth for her you know shiny castle which is the story in Peppa Pig that I illustrate here Peppa Pig talks about you know she's a character for a five-year-old but she essentially allows the, the tooth the tooth fairy story to perpetuate itself in common culture and and that's what I was using with the analogy with this entourage poster and this Entourage poster, which is a fantastic show, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch this entire series and the movie, because this is an example of a complex relationship between men that is sort of analogous to how the, the relationship between the elements of the plant or the Entourage effect, where all the bits and pieces work together to make a greater thing that's better for everybody or better for the whole. And that's a relatable story that if, even if you haven't seen the movie, you could explain what the moves going on in the movie to a five-year-old. Like there's a bunch of people, there's a movie star in the middle. He's like the most famous guy and here's his friends and his you know, family that's helping him be successful. So because you can explain it to a five-year-old, therefore anyone can get it. And this poster that was created by somebody else. I think Cody Peterson on LinkedIn is credited with creating it. That's where I first saw it. This is the kind of thing that was like, aha, this is the kind of analogy that we need to explain cannabis where it's relatable enough that the common people that don't understand cannabis and maybe get entourage the movie, it's a common ground that we can now use to further go deeper into what this plant is. Well, the uh, and and that goes along with the uh, the whole entourage effect uh, that you talk about that uh, needs to be discussed a whole lot more for sure. All right, let's get into change makers now, and uh, you're you're telling us about Clubhouse, which I've heard a little bit about, but I don't know <laughs> a lot about. So I want to say this: I have been on the fence about this for a long time. So I've had several people invite me to Clubhouse, and I did not really get like what's the point. Social media is largely a boons of no man's land for cannabis people because everything's getting shut down or blocked. We've talked about this a lot. So a lot of people that are in my circle were inviting me to Clubhouse and, and I had to deliberate because you can only get it on iPhone. And my daughter is the one that is the only person that has an iPhone in our house. She has an iPhone version that is you know not current anymore, but is still able to get Clubhouse on it. Essentially, I had to make a decision as a parent to remove something that she uses all the time to communicate with her outside world and her friends in order to download the Clubhouse app because it has an 18 plus filter just for downloading it. And her phone is like, you know, parent block, so she can't get anything on there over, other than her Peppa Pig stuff and, you know, kids stuff. So Clubhouse as an app blew my mind the second I got on it. I figured out pretty quick, this is the place where people are talking. It's like, a, it's an audio only platform. And the pictures you see are the people that are, their faces are all you see are their, 
their icons are all you see. And you can follow anyone on there, but you can't speak unless you're invited by the moderator. So the guy with the green circle next to his name, he's the only person that can let you into that conversation to speak. And he's doing that based on A, if they know you or follow you, or more likely because everyone's new, they're looking at your bio. So they, you have to you have the ability to create a bio kind of like on Facebook or LinkedIn. And based on what you put in there, they'll, you know, if it's right for the conversation, they get to decide. They're the gatekeeper in this case. So I made the decision. I took the phone away from my daughter, which was like World War III at our house over the weekend. And I just tried this and see if it was a good way to spread the word of what I was working on. Sure enough, within like an hour of being on the platform, I already had like 100 followers. And I talked on a, a couple of people invited me to speak on a couple different platforms. And it was as a result of talking about the green book, because that was sort of what we were doing last week was launching the green book. I already have people signed up to be users of that app. So that's a conversion rate of like the best ever in terms of social media conversion rates and very powerful for someone in the cannabis space, because there's a lot of people on there that are talking about how do we get around social media and they're literally coaching them each, each other on here's here let's look at your profile and how do you get around social media for a cannabis um social media person or cannabis business i'm like i have found my tribe these are the people that have this problem and i can essentially help them and help grow my business and this is incredibly empowering in the 24 hours that i was looking at it Interesting. I'm definitely going to have to uh, check out that app. I'm lucky that I have an iPhone and I don't have to steal it away from any small children. So I will but not you have be, to be invited. Any so right. you got to make sure you got on that invite list, Dean, and you're already on mine. So make well, you sure don't you have, get it. Printed. But you don't have to be invited to go on the app though, right? You can just you go do, on and no, listen. You can download the app. Yeah. No, no, you have to be invited. Yeah, you have to be, you have to get a link to, 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 to be like into the, into the app. Yes. And each person only gets two. So you're, it's like at the, at the beginning, you only get two invites. I just got upgraded to a third invite because I'm such an influencer apparently. Mm -hmm. But that's what I mean. It's, there's this limited capacity thing and it's all live. You can't record anything. You can't say that. It's pretty cool. But yeah, this is the thing. You will get an invite shortly and, and you'll check it out for yourself. I will indeed have to do that. All right. Uh, when it comes to what it means to be green, where are you going today? Okay, so today we were talking about the concept. Oh, yeah, the green Mugglehead people. Yeah, so Mugglehead is another publication of, um, you know, they're journalists. I would say they're pretty good uh, journalists covering the cannabis space in Canada. And, you know, I have been talking on the National Cannabis Working Group roundtables every single time. There's been six of them about my perspective and like my solutions to the problem. So this journalist group, picked up a lot of the comments I was saying was publishing them, but they got my name wrong. The only part they got right, like I, I was quoted in three out of their six cover, coverages and they didn't get my name right twice in any of them. So this is the part my, my joke was, the only part that they got right was the word green. <laughs> and the rest of it, I literally called the editor. I'm like, can you just spell my name right? Like he called me Mark in one and like something totally obscure in another one. And he was very apologetic, but it didn't catch my own filters for how I, you know, check my own feeds. So that's what I mean is that he got green, right? Awesome. But uh, he, there was a great section of quotes in there about the things that I talked about in these sessions as solutions to the problem, which he covered in his articles. So I was very happy that they had picked that up um, and then corrected my name spelling. And hopefully they'll be able to catch out more things that I mentioned in the future. So that's my point about what it means to be green this week. What were some of the issues that, uh, that they had quoted you on that, that you had uh, been speaking up about? 
Awesome. Yeah. So the three big ones that I, I uh, mentioned here are, um, I suggested that terpene profiles is a great thing to be on labels, but shouldn't necessarily be mandatory because of the content that it is. I said there should be other or optional leaflets or additional information available at the pharmacy or similar to like what they have at a pharmacy when you get additional information on, on medication. And we've seen great examples of this with terpene cards. So I said there needs to be supplemental information that includes the full spectrum information about the terpene profile that's not necessarily directly on the label, just so you get more information that's not constrained to the size of the label. So that was one. Um, and then the other thing I talked about was tackling money laundering. Uh, it's, you know, it's been kind of a problem with the in industry where, you know, RCMP are sort of passing off the buck saying it's low on their enforcement, uh, law enforcement priority list uh, within the sphere of cannabis, because, but there's a lack of overall scrutiny um, of selling uh, illicit, illicit cannabis. Um, and I was saying that, you know, while they're looking at the, like the regulated or the new cannabis industry or the new businesses like uh, your friend that was on last week that was talking about insurance companies, those are the companies literally getting scrutinized on the definition of cannabis to set up a bank account or get a rental space. Um, and that's the reason is they're looking in the wrong places. Uh, they really need to be looking at traditional businesses that have nothing to do with cannabis and have anomaly, anomalies in their selling patterns um, and that are paying GST and other you know things, but are just doing it. They're selling cannabis, but they're actually selling something without a regulated in other regulated way. So I brought that up in the session. And so that was the solution is like, you know, check other spots. Don't look at the people that are actually trying to do it legally because you're just blocking them from doing business. And then the last one I talked about um, is just having a national awareness campaign. Like, so Canada has a massive um, you know, pr priority to educate their population in terms of lots of change. Like COVID is an example, like every single province and you know, nationally, they've got a, a bucket for marketing for how to explain COVID so people will comply with these funny ads, like the Alberta one with the guy with the funny head, the COVID head. So that's what I mean. The government has a dollars allocated for mass awareness and consumer education programs, and they have spent next to zero dollars on properly educating people on cannabis. They just simply make it a bad thing. Like, don't do it, don't use it with really stupid analogies that don't make any sense. So that's what I mean is use it for a public education campaign, not a don't do it campaign. And might you might get a little bit farther uh, dollars for your buck. It's it's insane that the um, and, and I told this uh, when I spoke with Anne McClellan, who was part of the task force for legalizing it. One thing I said, you've put cannabis in the same thing as tobacco. Instead, it should be. Um, you know, get the same uh, equal rights as alcohol. And her response was, well, they should all be. Well, well good luck getting alcohol back in the bottle. That genie's not yeah, exactly. going back in the bottle with the amount of money that is made. So that's just a, just a bunch of, uh, you know, smoke. Uh, and and, and the, the, like the other thing is the PSAs that they put out, like, listen, I have, uh, you know, been an on and off cannabis user since I was 15. I have never forgotten. Well, first of all, I've never went through a drive through high, but I've never forgotten to order fries or anything like that. Like the PSAs <laughs> that they have out there are just ridiculous. Yes, the ones about uh, smoking cannabis and driving where you can get pulled over and lose your license, I have no problem with those and getting the <laughs> the uh, message out there that you shouldn't be uh, doing that. But the, the, the other ones, they just make you make cannabis users look like morons and that's only exactly. furthering the stigma <laughs> right exactly like that's what they mean first of all those are put on by mothers against drunk driving so that's actually a private 
you know, a separate group from government. They're a public, they're a policy group or lobby group for their cause. So that isn't even government dollars. What I'm talking about here is just educating consumers on what legal cannabis products look like. Like, what does an excise stamp look like? Hey, consumer, do you know that your product needs to contain this little stamp thing that looks like it's a piece of money on every cannabis product. Because mm. if you've never seen one before and you've been buying products online or from whoever you get them from, and whoa, you didn't even know that it had to be there because no one from the government who makes the stamps right. has told you that you need to make sure it has this. That's what I mean is it's not about educating them on the good or the bad. It's just, it's like just a flat line. Here's some new things that you'll see. Like this is a new stop sign. It might be a little bit different than the previous version you saw. It still means it's the same thing. So that's what I mean is educating them on the things that they've created to create the differentiation like it's it's like it doesn't make it doesn't mean anything if it's being rolled out great we all have these excise stamps great we all have these new like uh, laws around what we do but the end consumer has no way of knowing that what is okay and what isn't okay because the people that have created those new markings have not marketed them Indeed. It's, uh, there's, there's certainly a lot of education that needs to uh, take place, and people can find some of that uh, education and find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. There it is on the screen if you are indeed watching. Thank you so much, Melka. Have a great week and stay warm. Thanks, Dean. You too. Bud, dope, flower. Ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. So here's how we do it on Weed, a word of the day. We give you two words, actually. One slang, one standard term in the industry and if you're watching you can see the slang term is fire which means really really good weed uh it's also a cultivar name uh, because of uh, so much red uh oranges in the in the uh the color uh but people will just, just refer say like that weed is fire if it's really 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 good so if you hear somebody saying uh they're not saying there's a fire they're saying that weed is just it's it's the same you know, when people say the oh, this BC bud is great. It might not be from BC. That's just to refer to how good weed is. That's that's how good the weed grown in BC is. It is worldwide legendary. As for our standard term, going with quartz banger, and that's the small circular shaped deep bowl uh, that attaches to the joint of a dab rig, and you heat it to extremely high temperatures and then vaporize uh, the concentrate. So usually you're using a bolt, some sort of torch or, um, uh, well, usually it's a blowtorch or some of those mini torches, uh, or you can just get the slash from Stonesmiths and uh, drop your concentrates in there, and you don't have to worry about burning your hand uh, like I have unfortunately done so many times. So that is your weed words of the day, fire and quartz banger. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis. One toke at a time. 
And that is going to uh, wrap things up uh, for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're watching on YouTube, click the subscribe button and then the bell, and you'll get a notification every time we put out an episode. If you're listening, uh, well, however you're listening, whether it's Apple, Spotify, you name it, uh, click subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Always looking for some constructive uh, criticism. So, Thank you very much for that. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us even more and keep up to date, check out the, what's happening at the Cannabis 101 podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the Weed Weekly. If you sign up, you're in the mix for our prize pack every Friday, but it is only for subscribers, and it's an easy way to keep up to date with the Cannabis 101 podcast. An email comes into your inbox every Friday, so head to Cannabis101podcast.ca and then click the subscribe button and you are in the mix. All right, that's going to wrap things up. Big thanks to David Wiley and Malcolm LaBelle, uh, great partners of mine, and of course, uh, Stonesmiths as well uh, for being a part of this show and uh, loving to be able to support great local cannabis companies. We're back with our number two tomorrow. We're going to dive into some concentrates on that show you're gonna absolutely love it individual segments will start coming out on thursday and we will talk to you again on wednesday as we leave you as we always do we will give you the marijuana song from the artist my dead dog and remember it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy have a great week everybody we'll talk to you tomorrow (laughs) 